can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Welcome from Backstage.com, um, Anna Payon, is I pronouncing that correctly? Yep, that's correct. And Riley Fee? Yep, hello. Welcome to the podcast. You guys are such rock stars for doing this with us tonight, today, actually. Oh, thanks for having us. It's afternoon for me. Um, excuse me, my voice is a little crazy. This is like the second time in a row I've um, had a podcast where I'm like catching a cold, so I'm like... Uh, I'm a little crazy right now. Um, but thank you for coming on. This is a really um, great. You know, I, I have to tell you that. Um, so I've been trying. I've been kind of an actor for. I don't want to date myself for for years. And <laughs> when I started out, um, backstage was kind of the place. Like it was the end all be all trade ma- uh, newspaper and. I am really happy to say that you guys have had amazing staying power since I've been acting, and that's been, you know, at least 20 years. And it's amazing to have, you know, backstage still a player and still a mainstay in an actor's life. And I'm just, you know, curious, um, you know, Anna, how how did you guys come to be at backstage you know give give the audience a little bit about you know you know how you how you came to be there and what like what it means for you to kind of be um working for such an illustrious platform well i had grown up hearing about backstage and hearing similar things to what you just said about it being the end-all be-all trade publication and even though i wasn't a child actor per se i enjoyed reading it when i was a kid and thinking of auditions i wanted to go on So I was trying to get into production, and I was actually working at a post-production facility, and I decided I wanted to change, so I was looking at other jobs, and I saw this job as a casting editor at Backstage. I enjoy writing and editing. A lot of this is copy editing, which I feel really comfortable with, and uh, I had, of course, heard of the name, so I was really excited to see the job, and I applied and got it, and I love how I get to find out a lot about what's going on, particularly in New York theater, but we do so much more than that, too. We cast all sorts of projects across the country and now across the world. We're branching out into London, and it's not just theater either, so I learn about the independent film scene and all sorts of industry things. Wow. And and Riley, how did you you come to end up at at Backstage? So, actually, funny enough, uh, two other um, co-workers in the casting department uh, I used to work with them in extras casting, so the three of us used to work together uh, at Grand Wolfley Casting, um, doing uh, oh. backgrounding, mm. which is funny. So, so the two of them um, moved from Grand Wolfley to here, and I followed suit um, because, uh, I mean, it was great to work in production for for the few years that I did. It can be exhausting. Um, I'm not sure if... If you've or you, you know, you, I'm sure that people are familiar with the production 
life and schedule. So sure, 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 um, sure. to come to backstage and kind of, uh, you know, develop a different lifestyle and, um, and yeah, both Anna and I are also aspiring actors ourselves. Um, so it's nice to use our, you know, editing skills for our daytime job and, um, you know, still have time afterwards since we're not on a production schedule to, you know, kind of make room for uh, whatever, you know, we're looking to do on the side, which is, which has been, you know, fun. And it's nice, obviously, to have backstage as, you know, a resource that we can use. So, uh, from a, from a casting uh, perspective, what, you know, what do you, what do you think is some of the challenges when it comes, because, you know, I deal with, uh, you know the independent filmmakers, some actors from the theater and the television space, and um, but mostly I, sp- I spend a lot of time with um, new productions that are trying to kind of cast, um, you know, their, their their films, their projects, and I always I'm curious from the casting angle of things like what, you know, what do you see as some of the challenges for you know uh, when people are looking one of the let me step back real quick. The, so one of the things that I like the most about um, backstage is the fact that um, it's so easy to kind of go up there and from if you're looking for uh, uh, your next your next role, um, right. it's really easy to go up there and kind of dive down into specifics as far as you know the search and the filters on there to kind of only bring up things that you are you think you're aimed at or you're good at or that kind of a thing um i think that's a great you know that's something that you know the print obviously couldn't do for a lot of people but digital does and that's great um Mm -hmm. but i always wonder if there are any other challenges that come to you or come through the um platform um from those who are trying to cast their projects um for me, at least, uh, coming from a casting uh, background, I think, especially uh, you know, with a name like Backstage, obviously, there there are plenty of actors I know that have gotten uh, you know cast in projects on Backstage, and uh, you know have have haven't needed to find representation because they've had uh, they've been able to use um, Backstage you know enough to get you know, casts, and um, I think sometimes when actors do know that it can be as, it, that backstage can be um, helpful, it's, there are, it, it's sometimes, you know, with backstage or even just with extras casting, um, there are certainly a lot of, you know, eager beavers that sign up and and submit, and availability becomes an issue in reliability where, there are plenty of actors that just, you know, they say they want to do it and they, you know, that, and I'll be there. And, and so it's something I've learned uh, is to, you know, have backup uh, as much as, you know, you may from a casting standpoint have a certain idea of what you're looking for. So it's nice to always have like a backup and, you know, to be well connected with your actors to give them all the information that they could need. And, um, and I think, and, and I, with, with backstage, we, there, I think there is a lot of communication between the productions that post and the actors that they choose, which is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with backstage, it, you know, it does make it easy to um, have that back and forth communication. But definitely, thousands of actors out there, the 
the uh, eagerness of some of these actors to just apply to everything, even you know, and if they have a good look, it's it's you know, um, it could definitely be disappointing if 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 something you had in mind doesn't work out sure. for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, to get a little bit more personal, real quick, um, I was doing some background stuff uh-huh. and. I noticed Anna, you're you're in the theater space. Um, yes, working with Dragonfly Multicultural. Oh yes, that is true. That's yeah. a nonprofit theater company that my mom and I founded in Central New Jersey, oh. about forty five minutes away from the city. We both always wanted to start a theater company. I grew up in this small town called Metuchen, and I thought it would really enliven the small town there. I'm currently living in the city, but until about a year ago, I was living in Metuchen. Right. And I thought it needed a little something else. And my mom worked in arts administration in the city in the 80s. And we thought we could join forces and use both our skills and do this. And we have a special dedication towards multicultural casting and telling multicultural stories, especially about marginalized people. And on top of that, we also do some more well-known work like Our Town, we just did. We usually do a Shakespeare comedy every summer. And it's been great to watch our little family of actors grow. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than putting together a, a production and then seeing all the fruit of your labor, either you know the press or you know, your actors getting accolades or, or, or taking that role and and growing it into an even better um, career outside of the actual company. So I, I think that's that's an amazing um, thing. Are you, uh, Riley, are you are you doing any acting, or are you? Have uh, you... So, yeah. So so right now I'm uh, I've been taking classes at night, and that's also the nice thing about working here is that I do have time after hours to you know take classes and. That's cool. Yeah, so right now I'm pretty much just doing the learning because it's, I mean, I mean, acting something that I've, I guess I've dabbled with, you know, over the years, but it's nice to finally be taking it seriously and learning the craft and enjoying the craft for, you know, for what it is. And um, so, so I, and I've been applying here and there. And, um, but yeah, kind of taking it one step at a time and just, Learning right now. <laughs> well, I will. I tell you, I um, last the last couple of years, I during the summer, I've kind of tried to take on some stuff and some, you know, I, I get some creative stuff, and I, I come from like the stand-up background and done some stuff, right. and um, so I highly recommend, you know, your dive into the sketch world if you, you know, yeah. if you decide to do that, because um, I'm a UCB person, so I'm, you know, I'm always going to be partial to them. But there are plenty of, I think there are plenty of other uh, great sketch programs in the city. So I always tell people, if you want to be in, if you ever want to, you know, check your chops, I think improv and sketch is really a great place to be. Well, actually, uh, Anna has just um, <laughs> oh. you stand-up shows. Yeah, I. Oh. I uh, started getting a little bit into stand-up. I mean, it started because I am, I'm dating a stand-up comedian uh, right now. <laughs> but I found it's been really fulfilling because it's something 
that complements my acting, but it's still a different adventure. And I was actually just saying to Riley, one thing I really like is that you're using who you are in stand-up. Of course, there's ways to do that in acting as well, but sure. you're using your own voice and personality and experiences. And of course, it's scary and it's challenging, and I'm still figuring it out, and I bomb a lot of the time yeah. at open mics. But I, I've so far felt really fulfilled from it. And eventually, I want to take classes at UCB and uh, get more into sketch. I used to be so intimidated by sketch and improv, but I've taken a lot of inspiration from the great comedic actors and actresses of the past, and I want to be a part of that. Is there anybody you particularly, uh, you know, think you kind of want to emulate, or any any anyone specifically you you like, or? Well, I really like Madeline Kahn, who was uh, one of my favorite movies, Clue. Uh, and I love how she crossed over from theater and opera and operetta into comedic film. Mm. I'm not quite as good a singer as she is, not even, or she was, not even close. So I, I don't think I could quite do that, but uh, I'm very inspired by her. And I've been getting more into the history of SNL, and I like Gilda Radner a lot. Wow. Wow, you know, so this okay. Now that you've you've picked these two people, we got to get into your comedy list because <laughs> yeah. both of you came came in with some really good ones and some curveballs. And because <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, of, of Madeline Kahn as well, because you know her work in a lot of the Mel Brooks stuff and that kind of mm-hmm. you know big fan. And so I was looking at um, your list, and so I I'm gonna. So, Anna, you picked um, your top five was, and I, I assume this is not in any specific order. But, no, not really. Um, Elf, which is, uh, you know, Will Will Ferrell's um, comic classic, which mm-hmm. very funny, very funny. Uh, My Cousin Vinny, obviously a classic. This next one threw me for a loop. I, had, I was like, <laughs> what? Duck Soup. Yeah. Why? Why? Not. I shouldn't say why because it's a classic. But uh, what, what? 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 Why? Why is this on your list? Well, I have an interesting connection to that film. My parents showed me that film when I was like, I don't know, five or six, and I I was so excited about it. I thought it was so funny, even though I didn't really appreciate all the comic nuances at that age. Mm. And I would try and tell my classmates about it, but of course nobody else had heard yeah. about it. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I've seen some. I've seen bits and pieces of it again recently, and not only does it hold up and it's hilarious and so absurd, but it is a pointed political satire, which I think is uh, very appropriate and very cathartic to watch these days. You've made it. You've so what I do is like whenever I either listen to a podcast or, you know, I'm somewhere and someone's talking about different films and movies. I always take a book with me and I. If it's something I've never heard of or haven't seen in a while or something, I write it down so I can catch up on it. And this is in the book because I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I feel like I have to revisit this one. This was a good choice. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch it. And actually, I think they're screening it this weekend at Film Forum in New York. Uh, so I was thinking of going. <laughs> all right, so there you go, people. There's your, there's your, you got looking for something to do, Film Forum, Duck Soup. <laughs> and then his Girl Friday's another one that was just like, wow. That's an oldie but good goodie as well. Um, yeah. how, I wish I could write like that. I, I hope with practice I could write like that. I think there's like a, you know, that that's, you know, I always go, uh, you know, I watch all these older um, 
sketch comedies and improv um, skits and and different like Carol Burnett show and those kind of things mm -hmm. and, the, and the, even those movies back in that time 1956 19, like my favorite film of all time was Invasion of the Body Snatchers the original one and, and oh, yeah. those there, there's like a different era of writer and, and, and cinematographer that that exists then that doesn't necessarily exist now and um, this was uh, I mean, your list is just I can't I can't argue with it and, and of course Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> yeah so quotable I still quote it in my everyday life yep 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 and <laughs> and Riley you <laughs> you started off with one I actually had not seen this yet I spent all my little clue yeah um, yeah why why clue you know it's so it's so funny that um I remember watching that for the first time, I think when I was maybe like four or five, it, would, it, would, it was always on Comedy Central, and I'm, I'm the youngest of three, and, and I, I mean, I'm close in age with my older siblings, so they even weren't too old at the time either, but it was just always on, and I remember just, even if I didn't get it, I still just quoted it, because it would mm. just, it seemed, there's something about the, the, the dryness and the you know, and, and of course I loved the game too. So it just, it, there, it was, there's something so fun about watching that movie. And it was, it's just one that has held up for me. And I even watched it like a couple weeks ago because I just, it's, what, 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 what do I even, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's that dry kind of, uh, it's, it's, you know, dry comedy. That's absolutely what I, um, go for. Yep. And not to mention this. The, the absolutely stellar cast. I mean, you oh, had yeah. everybody in there. Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, yeah. um, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Michael McKean. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. you could just go on. Martin Mull. Yeah, and it's funny because I, um, that's how I know some of these, you know, actors. Like, you know, I saw Clue before. I saw Blazing Saddles mm -hmm. and Young Frankenstein. So that's how I knew Madeline Kahn. And I still have only seen Eileen Brennan, who played Mrs. Peacock, in this oh. film, and I know that she was in Private Benjamin and a couple of other films. So it's it's funny to have... It's funny when you know, just in general, when you know an actor for a role that they may not have been known for, like, the best, but um, with this film specifically, because even Miss Scarlet, Leslie Ann Warren, I, I don't even think I've seen her in anything else. And actually, funny enough... A little side thing that was that, that role was actually supposed to be played by Carrie Fisher. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. She she had to drop out a couple weeks before that, but um, but that's how I know Leslie Ann Warren. Wow. Um, so it's yeah, so it's it's definitely it, that, and actually my uh, top five I think does definitely go in order. <laughs> okay, that's good yeah. because uh, so so would Clue be your first, your like top rated? And... I, I have to. It's it's I. Yes, it has to be. It, it's it's so it, it's yeah. It's it's so close to my heart that yeah, it is. Sure. And then your next one was Best in Show, which I don't, I don't think I saw. I might have seen. You know, it might be one of those movies. You know, like there's these movies that when they're right. on TV and you you're flipping the channel, it had right. to be on. You might catch a few minutes because. You know, and I, it's like this is the movie where whenever it comes on, it almost is always in the same spot in the oh, film. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll definitely add that to your list because it's. I mean, it's. I, I, it's funny that it didn't. I don't think it was, or I think it, it's popular now, but um, it. Uh, 
I remember watching it because it was just so funny, but I think it has kind of become one of those movies that's kind of like a, mm. you know, any Christopher Guest movie, I think, is it's kind of become like cult classic. And yeah. um, yep. and again, with, with, you know, with this on ensemble cast, another dry yeah. film. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big just... fan of uh, Eugene Levy and oh, yeah. um, Fred L- Willard. I mean, I think those two oh. guys are just hilarious. Yeah. And Catherine O'Hara. And... Oh, yeah, of course. And John uh, Michael Higgins is he's in yes, it as well. Yes. I love him. He's 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 like one of my favorite character actors of all time. Um, he's great. He's just you know brilliant. Yeah. And then you topped it out with Dumb and Dumber, which right. uh, <laughs> I mean you know it's Jim Carrey. What what else can you say about that? Um, yeah, and that's and it's, and I think what the next one after that is Ace Ventura. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, just watching, especially watching Jim Carrey, I know for a lot of people, you know, maybe there's, you know, one icon from childhood, but for, I always connected with him because of how, it's funny that we're on a podcast, because my face is very expressive, and my body's very rubbery, so I always connected with mm. and just always wanted to play these roles that he played, because I felt like I could, because this was kind of like someone who, you know, um... I just related to in, 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 in those senses. Um, so I just, so I would always try to, you know, I'd, I would always be doing impressions and uh, of him specifically just because of what he uniquely, like, you know, brought, as, brings as an actor. He's got that. He, he, I've always thought he was a throwback to the um, old, the Jerry Lewis time of physical comedy yeah. where, you know, it was, you, you, you carried this character beyond just the words, you know? Right, right. Um, and, I mean, he, obviously he's known for, you know, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and, right. um, but I thought, like, for me, like, yeah, I, I enjoyed him mostly when, a lot more when he was on In Living Color, and right. he was right. just, this was where the height of his kind of, like, I'm going to take my face and contort it in ways you've never believed possible. Right. Um and just been, you know, it was just these very over-the-top funny characters. And yeah. this last one of yours <laughs> is actually one of my favorite movies of all. Like, this is my type of humor. Naked Gun, right. Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Yeah. Was just, I mean, outside of the fact that O.J. happened to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just the, the TV show, the movie was just amazing um, comedy. Um, very much that Mel Brooks style of, you know, humor where it was really obvious, but it wasn't obvious. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's funny because when I, like if people do ask me like, oh, you know, like who, who would I most want to emulate? I feel like I it's it's kind of like a cross between Leslie Nielsen and Jim Carrey, where it's like I want to. Mm. I just so appreciate. I mean, they're obviously their styles are totally different. You know the the dryness of Leslie Nielsen when he's doing comedy um, and the over-the-top you know, comedy that Jim Carrey brings, they're totally different, but it's, I mean, I just appreciate them, so, you know, in such different ways, but... Um, you know who I think is right between that nexus there? Is yeah, help me out. Steve Martin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. Steve Martin, I think he'll, he kind of straddles that line as well. Um, yeah. He's like... He can do the physical, you know, just over the top stuff. And they can be very, very subtle, very, you know, he, him, Robin Williams, uh, 
I think they're all like kind of that similar um, Chevy Chase to us. To I was gonna say even like Bill Murray, like Bill Murray, do yeah. serious too, and yeah. that's what that's what really like can pull you in. Also, as as you know, someone watching is just like, wow, this this person also has you know dramatic chops too, which is yep, 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 and and they all have one other thing in common is that they cross over into music, right? <laughs> they all, right. you know, a lot of people fail to understand that there's this really closely relationship with with comedians and music. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. Which, you know, all I think um, really makes a lot of these characters and these individuals very interesting. But man, this this was this these were good. I'm I'm you, <laughs> you know I know you know another reason why I do this is because well I get I get to there's ten films now I can go and say oh I haven't seen this anymore I haven't seen this in a while let me rewatch this so now I have a, a new list of stuff to kind okay. of add to you, my watch list. Well, I mean, just real quick, if you have a second, what would be your top five without even going into any, like, oh. anyone? So, um, on that list would be Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. Um, the Nutty Professor. The original? The or? original. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, um, probably, um, I'm missing, oh, Office Space. Uh-huh. I'm big fan of that, that, that type of humor, um. Let's see who else. Um, um, probably. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Dead men don't wear plaid. I've never even heard of that. Oh. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Is it older? Oh yeah, that's a Steve Martin classic. Okay. A little dry, a little different. Um, I also like. Um, what the heck is his movie? Um, where he plays. Uh, he's. Uh, What's the one? Uh, the end. What is it? The the end. Oh, okay. And then uh, my all-time favorite, which would probably be on the top of every list, would be Blazing Saddles. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm basically any Mel Brooks film I've probably watched a million times. I can probably quote them all. I'm sad about that. I'm really sad that way. My girlfriend gets it, a little. <laughs> no, no, that's that's like half my vocabulary is like just. Yeah. yeah movie quotes um well the sad thing is that um so no not many people know this but literally i watch one episode of seinfeld every single day before i go to bed oh me too i (laughs) I got really into it this year i can't not do it and my girlfriend gets mad because she wants to watch something else i'm like (laughs) well you're just gonna have to suffer yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I'd been watching it. I got into it when I moved to New York, New York and was watching it because it's on every night at 11, 1130 mm-hmm. on Channel 11. <laughs> and then I, of course, you can also watch it on streaming. And yeah. then I just read the book Seinfeldia. And I find it so interesting and, I don't know, so funny. It has a lot to say about living in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just reading in the book that Larry David rejected a lot of ideas if it wasn't something that either came from or sounded like it could come from real life because people would always write into them with these quirky ideas and i mean it's so i don't know the show really does a good job at capturing the quirkiness of real life well the funny thing about it and um the funny thing about the show is that if you watch if you watch it enough times eventually what you end up starting to see is, and this is the brilliance of Larry David. This is why I think he's very, he, he, as, as much as people appreciate him, I think he's still very unappreciated. He 
he weaves show plots together within mm-hmm. Seinfeld that could be from episode one of the first season to episode eight to the, of, of the sixth season. And, and you don't know it until you actually go back and rewatch. You go, oh, that's what they were talking about. Oh, oh that's where that came from. Oh, he yeah. really pays attention to, like, it seems like it's a show about nothing, but it's not. It really is a very complex written show. Um, and also, if you look back far enough and, and enough times, you'll see him in almost every other show on some level. Yeah. Like I, you know, I watched one day and I'm sitting there. I'm like, he, I didn't know he was a dude sitting. Like, there's a scene, I guess, episode where George uh, Kramer asks George to wear this uh, King Lear outfit, and they're standing there on the street to buy bubble gum, and inside this little bodega side newspaper thing is Larry David trying to sell them the gum. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh didn't even occur to me until you he's like ah you know you recognize his voice eventually yeah yeah that's funny and of course says steinbrenner he's yep 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 so i mean all good stuff yeah i I remember that being on all the time seinfeld growing up and it's it just it was never something that i watched i was just associated like the theme song with oh this Mm. is up show and stuff and i and i've since like you know gotten into it a bit i really need to watch more of it obviously and when i you know nowadays when i do watch it i'm like oh wow this yeah this is this is great this is like I, this is gold and there's a lot of um there's a lot of great um performances that are in there as far as you know you know aside from his problems i think you know um uh the guy who played uh kramer Richard, yeah, michael richards michael richards i think he he doesn't get enough credit for some of the stuff he's done on that show. I, he really is a throwback to the old style of physical Jerry Lewis comedy. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, unfortunately not. You know, television back then was unfortunately not what it is now. But you know, there's, there's that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad you guys got to be on the show with us today. I yeah, hope. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, and before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online on Twitter or Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, uh, my Twitter is Anna Philomena, A N N A P H I L O M E N A. Like the Judy Dench movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it's after, though. Um, and. Then my Instagram is Anna Arbor, A-N-N-A-A-R-B-O-R, because I went to school in Ann Arbor. I really. Um, and I, I only have, mine is uh, Rye Yankee V, it's R-Y-A-N-K-E-E-F-E-E. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Very clever. Yeah, well, my, my real name is Ryan, so it's like a play on Ryan, and I'm a Yankee fan. Anyway, it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we'll have this um, information available on our website and on podcasts. Um, Make sure you follow everybody. Of course, you can follow me at Darren L. Jenkins on on, uh, Twitter and Darren underscore Jenkins underscore 919 on Instagram and, of course, NY Film Loft 
you can look us up and check us out. We are available on Spotify, um, Spreaker, YouTube, um, SoundCloud, and Facebook. So um, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, we look forward to uh, having more interactions with you guys down the road. Definitely. Thanks, Thanks again. All right. Take care. You too.